Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1035. Follow your passion. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Robert Malky. Hey, Robert, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Man, my engines are running. They're ready to uh, light them up. All right. Robert Malky owns and runs Gulfstream Motorsports in Largo, Florida. He provides automotive appraisals, consulting, pre-purchase inspections, brokerage, and diminished value reports. He also hosts the weekly radio show, Nostalgic Radio and Cars where he interviews legendary and fascinating people in the motorsports world. He's a contributor and writer for auction analysis reports and summaries for Sports Car Market and American Car Collector magazines. Robert's been the voice of multiple classic car auctions, and he is one of Florida's representatives for the Shelby American Automobile Car Club. So, Robert, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your business and your passion for automobiles before we jump into the questions? Okay, sure. Well, basically, uh, like a lot of kids that grew up in the 60s, I was enamored and caught up in the, the cool looks and the sounds of cars and hot rods back in the day. I mean, I grew up in Northern California, Marin County. It was kind of neat. One thing led to another. You know, I used to pick up a magazine. I used to be into uh, building car models and uh, I used to read car model science and model car magazines. I used to go to model car builder events they used to have at hobby uh, shops and stuff like that. And then just oh, one yeah. thing led to another. So then, you know, it's kind of like as you grow up, start with a pair of roller skates, start with a skateboard, then you get to a bicycle, then you go to a motorcycle or a mini bike, and then a car. You cannot wait until you're 16. In fact, when I moved from California to Florida, at 15 and a half years of age, you could drive a motorcycle up to five brake horsepower, for short 4.9, and you could also get your restricted license to actually drive a car with an adult during daylight hours. Yep. So that was oh, it. Yeah. The rest is history. I think you uh, were born a mother of an, a, you're my brother of another mother, I should say it that way, because uh, as we talked about in our pre-show chat, I was Southern California, but doing all the same stuff you were doing. I mean, you know, skateboards and mini bikes and go-karts and cars and motorcycles and off-road stuff. And uh, the only thing I added into my repertoire was a surfboard every day. But uh, I think we had the same life. And building model cars. Ah, oh, man, I used to enter the contest at the Del Mar Fair put my model cars in there. So yeah, we have a lot in common in our youth. Well, as we continue on our journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that's instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So take the wheel. Sure. Well, you know, it's kind of like you're talking about uh, some of the guests that I host on uh, or I have on my uh, radio show. One of my and I don't like to use the word hero because hero is something that's got to be really, really special. But some of the guys that I used to look up to were legendary car guys. And I'm going to use one as an example, and that's Carol Shelby. And I used to go to a lot of the Shelby meets back in the day. And one of the things I asked Carol Shelby was almost the exact same question you asked me. In fact, not only did he tell me, but he actually wrote it down on his business card. And he says, Robert, follow your passion. You will be the best that you can be if you just follow your passion. I know that sounds cliche. But that's truly it, because it's not work anymore. It becomes a love affair, and you're just going to be really, really good at it. 
Yeah, no doubt. And I mentioned in my intro that, uh, speaking of Carol Shelby, that you're one of the reps for the Shelby American Automobile Car Club down there. Yeah, the club. Tell our listeners a little bit about it. Well, basically, Shelby American's been around since the 73, 74. It was actually called the Cobra Owners Club originally. And then I think Rick Kopech, who was a uh, former Vietnam vet, who was passionate about Shelby's, 65, 66s. In fact, he had one that he used to race for a long time. Car came out of, I believe, Canada. It was an Essex wire car. It was an actual real-life R model. And so Rick started the Shelby American Club, Shelby American Automobile Club. So it's SAC, S-A-A-C. And I found out about the club in 1975 when I bought my first Shelby, a 69 GT350 convertible, which I still own, by the way. And it's not perfect. I actually took it apart, and it's kind of, you know, it's a, it's a lifelong project. But at any rate, so because I'm so passionate about Shelby's, and I was so fanatical about Carroll's Shelby, because it was really, really one of the cars that I would just, you know, the AC Cobra, that was it. So because I was relatively active with the club, fairly knowledgeable, they said, hey, look, you know, we could use a couple of representatives in the state of Florida. We have Pete Geisler out of Orlando. And he's Orlando Mustang. And then we have myself. And then there's a third guy that we never see him. But primarily, it's me and Pete Geisler out of Orlando that are representative. So that means anybody that has a Shelby, a vintage Shelby, 65, the 70, or a Cobra, but mostly Shelbys, if they have any questions about Shelby American or the cars or clubs or venues or events or anything like that, we would be one of the people that they would contact in the state of Florida, particularly if they relocated here from another state or something like that. Cool, cool. And how could they reach out to you? What's a good uh, place? Is there a website they can go to to find you? Sure. If you go to my website, which is golfstreammotorsports.com, all my information is on our uh, resource page. Uh, you know, page where your information's done, you know, that page. Oh, the and, About uh, Me page or the home yeah. page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. And the, the contact page. That's it. So, uh, uh, and also if you go to SAC, Shelby Automobile, um, Shelby American Automobile Club, I'm listed on that website as well. So as a, as a, as one of the members and also as a, um, representative for Shelby American for the state of Florida. Very cool. Well, I'll make sure that I put links to those on Robert Shono's page on the Cars website. So if you want to reach out to him and uh, get some more information, you're down there in Florida. Or if you just want to reach out to him, those links will be on his Cars Yeah! show notes page on the Cars Yeah! website. Well, let's go back in time and talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed a car guy? Wow. I'll tell you what. It's funny because you can sit there and say all throughout my adolescent age, but my grandmother was Austrian and she would come visit us all the time from Europe. And the very first thing that she brought me, very first toy that I vividly remember was a Finn 111 car Mercedes-Benz. And what was really cool about it, it had an opening trunk, a spare tire, a little, like a little mini lug wrench. And it had a little thing on the bottom of the chassis that flipped out. It would drop the wheel down. So you'd actually pop the hubcap off, loosen the lug nut, and change the, the wheel. Well, I, <laughs> and, and it was actually made by a company called, I believe it was Shuko. Shuko made some very, really high-end German oh, toys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. It was tin. It was metal back in those days. And it was, this, this was made in Europe. And I think that's what created my obsession for cars, which later, mm. or passion, obsession, it's kind of like, are they one and the same? <laughs> All or of the above. All yeah, of the exactly. above. <laughs> and then I just could not get cars out of my head. And, you know, we would go to parking lots. I would walk to the parking lots and so I'd be attracted to a car. We would go to the car dealerships. I would be off looking at cars. You walk downtown, Woolworths or the hobby shops or whatever. I was always in there. Seriously, my mom called it a sickness and a disease. That's exactly what she called it. She says, but it's a good one. 
because it's what I do for a living. Of course. Yeah. You followed uh, old Carol Shelby's uh, mantra there. Absolutely. Well, what I want to do now, Robert, is take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure you faced. You know, these are great learning lessons. So take us through one of those that was a really kind of pushed you to the limits and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your business and your life. Well, I will just look back if I had to reflect. My background is real estate and construction and hotel, motel management. That's why I grew up in the hospitality industry in Northern California because that's what my parents did. We moved to Florida and I wanted to do something different. I always wanted to be an architect because I was enamored by Lloyd Wright. And he was like one of the guys that I just, and I'm very much into mid-century modern architecture. So coming to Florida, you see a little bit of that. And it's kind of a throwback to what we grew up with in California. And you had it down there where you're at too in, in Southern Cal. I got into the real estate business. I had a piece of rental property, and I was struggling with the tenants, and they just would not pay. Well, I was also a car guy. So I actually had, and I drove a 79 Ford Bronco, which oddly enough, I bought new in 79 at Bill Curry Ford in Tampa, Florida. And I'm literally sitting in their parking lot right now as we speak, because I was trying to buy a Ford Escape for my son for school. The timing just worked out this way. Anyway, long and short of it, I started buying... Uh, my Bronco, I had a trailer, and I used to tow, buy some Mustangs, and I would part them out or fix them. And one thing led to another. Next thing I know, I had the largest Mustang salvage yard back in the 80s. But we didn't have the Internet, and we didn't have any reproduction parts to kind of knock us off our, our business model, so to speak. Fast forward, I ended up with another salvage yard, started another salvage yard. I had three salvage yards. Well, what happened was is I was kind of like doing my own thing, and I was doing fine in the salvage yard business in our area, but I was dealing with cars that were 10 years old and older and then classic and vintage cars. But what happened is corporate America kind of stepped in there. Corporate America basically says, you know, you got this regulations, you got environmentals, you know, you got all the payroll, you got the taxes, you got all this other stuff. And they have this other thing called unlimited cash flow. And they created huge businesses. They started taking out the little mom and pop yards and buying up all the inventory. So the little guy couldn't compete. So then I regressed back to just doing specialty cars. Then the aftermarket business evolved, and it killed us again. So again, I was not competitive. So then in 2010, I basically said, well, this is ridiculous. I'm done. So uh, I picked up my tool belt and started working in construction. And when I started working in construction, I was trying to figure out, well, what can I do? I used to hear this commercial every day on the way to school or every day on the way to work. And it was on the talk radio stations. And it goes, hey, have you ever listened to talk radio? And said, hey, I can do that. Well, you can. And you can be on the radio show tomorrow. So anyway, long and short of it, I checked it out. And then I went and interviewed with a guy and said, can I be, what do I have to do to get a radio show? He said, I said, do I have to go to Connecticut School of Broadcasting or whatnot? And he says, no, you just write me a check and you can be on the air tomorrow. Yeah, I don't care if you hum for an hour. It made no difference. So that's kind of how that evolved. And then he says, you know what you got to do, Robert? You know a lot about cars. Why don't you talk about cars and more? Because I was just playing cars and, and talking about cars and playing music. He says, why don't you get guests on there? Well, the break for me was, and you had him on your show, was Bobby Rahal. What happened was is Bobby was doing a, a vintage race car event in Sebring Raceway. And when I applied for media credentials, they asked me if I would be interested in interviewing Bobby Rahal. And I said, wow, yeah. Now, this was a very human interest type interview because when I had Bobby Rahal on the show, we really didn't talk too much about what's going on now. We talked about the past, but what was the very human interest side of it was the fact that he was babysitting his daughter, his new child. He was feeding that child. You could actually hear him walking over to the sink, turning the water on, 
uh, reaching into the refrigerator, filling the bottle, feeding her, and doing all. And you could hear her in the background. It was very, very natural and very, very real. That was cool. Well, once I had Bobby Rahal on, then I I asked if Brian Redmond would come on, and then Dave from uh, Two Guys Garage. Then I had Stacy David, then Bob Barsha, and then one thing led to another, and that's how that evolved. So then I said, okay, good. The radio show is going okay. I'm still kind of playing around with cars a little bit, but I, nothing major was happening. So then my son and my wife sit there and said to me one time, and, and another friend of mine says, look, Rob, you have all this knowledge and these connections. Why don't you use this? And I was thinking, you know, I used to do appraisals. I used to do diminished values. Maybe I need to focus on that a little bit more. So what happened was I started researching and I discovered that there was a, a niche market there, which was the primarily the diminished value as well as all these contacts and all these shows. I was going to SEMA. I was going to Scottsdale car shows, Monterey, Amelia Island. Even if I was sleeping in the back of a rental car, eating cheese and crackers, somehow I managed to get there. And little did anybody realize, I probably didn't have two nickels to rub together or two pennies, but I was there, you know, and it's all persona. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, right. so I have just built on that and its reputation and honesty, integrity, knowledge and everything that I've learned over the last a lifetime now finally works. And I cannot stress enough that you need to have experience because there's going to come a time when your fallback position is everything that you know, find a niche, follow your passion. Hopefully your niche is your passion and be the best that you can. Awesome story. Very cool. Very cool indeed. Sounds like we've talked to all the same people because all those folks have been guests here on Cartier as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, we've got to share their stories with people together. Very, very cool. Well, let's shift gears and talk about a career aha moment. Now, I think you you hit on a bunch of those. You, you've done a lot of pivots in your career over time. Is there one in particular, though, that really stands out, that really made a huge impact for you? Yeah, well, yeah, just like I was telling you, I was trying to figure out what to do. I was trying to find, because keep in mind, as a car dealer, or let's just say a parts junkie, you know, coming from the salvage yard business, anybody can be a salesman. And there's lots and lots of people. You have to figure out what can you do that sets you apart from everybody else, that distinguishes you and makes you kind of like the best at what you can be. And that's when it finally occurred to me that because of the background that I had with salvage yard, with Rex, with buying and selling, with being a dealer, that this diminished value and these high-end appraisals that I do for these very rare cars because I'm truly passionate about it and honest about it. You know, in other words, I tell people ahead of time, listen, never mind what the books say, never mind what the, you know, it's, it's all about the market. That is when I finally realized that this is, I think, something I can do on my own, solely responsible. The only person that screws up is me, and, and I'm not, and I don't want to screw up. I want to be the best that I can, and, and I got to tell you, Mark, it is working. You know, you and I are old school, and granted, there's all the social media, but but interestingly enough, to get these diminished values, for example, or to do these high-end appraisals and to deal with people, it's all about trust. You build a relationship. You build a fiduciary, and it's really direct marketing. When they can see you, feel you, touch you, experience you, there's a magic that happens there. And then you go, you know what? I want to do business with you. I trust you. Let's do business. And that's, that, that's, that's the aha moment for me. There you go. Great. More golden nuggets you dropped for us there, Robert. I love it. Well, let's go back in time. I kind of think I know how you're going to answer this question, but I'd love for you to share your first really special vehicle, that first car you got that really had great meaning, and maybe share a memory or two about that car. 
interestingly enough, I mean, granted, I've had some pretty cool cars over the years. Nothing perfect. Most of my stuff is driver quality. You know, a lot of stuff I drug out of Barnes because I was a salvage yard guy. But my very first car, I originally wanted the Shelby. I couldn't afford the Shelby because the insurance was expensive. So then my second choice, because I'm of Austrian German heritage, and, and you're a Porsche guy too, I wanted the Porsche 356. Now, if you recall, you and I are not too far off in age. But in 1972, in October 72 is when I was I got my driver's license. October, in fact, it was October 25th, which was a Monday. And in 1972, I borrowed my friend's Camaro. It was a 70 SS RS car, and it was automatic. She let me get my driver's license. Well, I wanted to buy this 356 Porsche. It was 900 bucks. It was a roadster, in fact. I couldn't afford that. That was a lot of money because back in those days, I was making a dollar twelve an hour. Gas oh, yeah. <laughs> 28 cents, yeah. 30 cents, 32 cents for Sonoka 260. So my first car was something that was really, really cool. And I bought this car. I deviated from the Porsche because my friend had a bug eye Sprite. His brother had a, had a 62 MK23, uh, Austin Hilly 3000 with the tricarb, the one year only thing. I thought, wow, that's really cool. Well, I was looking for a Healy. And somehow I became enamored with the Healy's. So my first car was a 65. Austin Healey, MK3, 3000, Phase 1. So they made the 64, 65, vent windows, wood dash. Very unique car. It had the low-slung rear end or chassis on it, which was kind of cool. Well, I had that car six days. And what happened was I bought it on December 1st, 1972, paid $475. My mom took me over to Sears. I bought a Sears diehard battery for 25 bucks. So I had $500 in this car. I drove this car for three, four days, and all of a sudden, the exhaust fumes were just killing me, right? Never mind the fact that I had holes in the floor, and it was, you know, it was just edgy and ready. But keep in mind, I was 16, four-speed, overdrive, just a cool car. It was different, because everybody else was driving Toyota Silicas and Corollas and, and whatnot back in those days, and Mazda RX-3s and stuff, you know? So, unfortunately, on the sixth day, I went and got a uh, exhaust system put on it, but I couldn't afford the whole exhaust system, so... The guy at the minor shop put a glass pack and two pipes on it on, and came out on the left side. It actually sounded pretty cool. I was ecstatic. The next morning, the next morning on the way to school, I lived on Clearwater Beach. So as I was leaving the beach, they would turn the sprinklers on in the morning. So the streets were wet, right? So my tires were bald. I hadn't bought tires yet. That was the next That was next on my list. Well, this chick comes whipping around the corner, and she's driving a 73 Nova hatchback, right? And she just cuts me off. I swerved to miss her, but I was on the bridge. Well, the tires just let go. All of a sudden, I started spinning. I hit the embankment on the bridge, bounced up off the guardrail, did a 360. And the only thing I remember is my brand-new battery rolled off into the water. My brass hammer went into the water. My spare flew out of the back. I just nailed my oh, knee on the, on the door handle. And there I sat blocking the the traffic on, on that direction. That was the end of my Healy. And it was really, uh. really sad because it got towed in and then... The story gets worse because the, the the impound yard or the storage lot overcharged me on the car. And ultimately, I ended up not having enough money to pay for the storage. I had to forfeit the car. That is the one car that I still have the title to it. I would love to have back. It was my first car, which was a 1965 Austin Healey MK3 3000 one. That's it. Oh, well, as I wipe a tear from my eye, I'm <laughs> sorry that that happened to you. Oh, that's horrible. That's terrible. Usually those first stories that end much better, but uh, I appreciate you taking us down that horrible road. Well, how about seller's remorse? Is is there one you let go that you really wish you had back? Is that the one? Uh, no, that's not the one I let go because that wouldn't be seller's remorse. That was just the fact yeah. that, that car was taken away from me. The Sacrificed, yeah. 
Yeah, is uh, in 1986, when things were going pretty good for me, I special ordered a 1986 930 Turbo Porsche. Special ordered that car, Prussian blue, blue leather sports seats, lowered. I had it done at the uh, factory. I uh, had it ordered with uh, platinum center wheels. I ordered the optional 8-inch wheels so I could put those on the front because it came with 9s on the rear, limited slip, all the stuff. And it was just a really, really cool car. And I had that car from 1986 to 1999. And... We had we were going through a downturn in the business, and I go, my wife goes, well, Robert, you don't drive that car that much, so yeah, you, know, you might want to consider selling it. You got all those other old cars laying around, which I did. I had my old <laughs> plastics that I had, which none of them were perfect. They were just drivers or sitting there, you know, stagnant, so to speak. You know, no motors, no trainees in them, but they were bodies. At any rate, I said, okay, well, this car still has some value, and I sold it. And strangely enough, like you mentioned earlier in the show, I worked for some auction companies. Well, two years ago, one of the auction companies that I worked for bought that car. And I had to actually rep that car at the auction at Amelia Island two years ago. And it was funny because normally I have a script that I have to stick with. This time I did. I stepped out from around the podium and I said, ladies and gentlemen, the next car up that uh, we're about to auction off, I have a personal connection with. I don't need a script. I don't need a text. I don't need anything. I'm just going to try to wipe the tears from my eyes because I bought that car brand new. I special ordered that car. Now, you know who Magnus Walker is, right? Yes. Okay. Well, Magnus was in there in the audience, right? So afterwards, Magnus comes in. He goes, oh, Robert, that's just such a tearjerker. You know, oh, yeah, crying about your turbo Porsche, blah, blah, blah. Well, the thing bid way over 100000 Well, there's no way I could afford to buy that car today. But the fact that the car bid to $130,000 and went off, it, it, that tore me apart because that was my car. I had this connection. And then I only got to drive it one time, and it was just like, wow, that was it. And yeah. that is the one car oh. I will have never sold. Oh, another one. Gosh, I, I need a big box of <laughs> tissues to talk to you today, Robert. My gosh, yeah. that's just, well, you, you taught me a good lesson because as you know, I've got an 87 turbo, so I'm not letting that car go because I don't want to be in that position. Oh my gosh, I'd just be crying. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And of course, Magnus Walker, he's been a guest on the show a couple of times here. So yeah, another consummate car guy, Porsche car guy. Well, I would love for you to talk about what has you excited today. And I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about nostalgic radio and cars, how your show show works, how people can listen to you and what they might expect to find if they haven't heard from about the show before. Certainly. Nostalgic radio and cars. Now, here's where the name originated. I My salvage yard was Nostalgic Auto. And I changed it to, at one point it was West Coast Nostalgic Auto, then I dropped it and it was Nostalgic Auto. So I got this thing for nostalgia. I'm also into vintage guitars, electric guitars. Even though I can't play much, I, I still have the guitar I bought in 1966 in San Rafael when I grew up there. I wanted to come up with a show to talk a little bit about cars and to play some really cool 60s, 70s, psychedelic style music. Now, granted, I'm not into drugs. I'm a straight up conservative kind of guy. You know, grew up, went to Catholic school, St. Rayfield's in San Rafael. But I like the music, okay? So I'm really heavily into the doors. I like Deep Purple, you know, I'm into the Doobie Brothers and all the bands that are kind of from our area there, right? And uh, Quick Silver Messenger, which was out of San Jose, Santana, obviously. And I've been fortunate enough to have uh, guests like Nick Mason from Pink Floyd, Mark Farner from uh, Grand Funk Railroad. Uh, Ted News has been on my show. Greg Raleigh, the other co-founding member of Santana, has been a guest on my show. Not to mention wow. Carol Shelby, Dan Gurney, Mario Andretti, Magnus Walker, you know, people like that. You're going to be a guest on my show. You know, cool. uh, just legendary people, Sam Posey, the, 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 all the TV show guys, you know, Wayne Carini, Jay Leno's a regular on my show. I mean, the list goes on. Bobby Rahal, like we talked about, Parnelli Jones has been on my show. 
But the show started out simply just by playing, a, talking a little bit about cars and playing cool music. But the guy that runs the radio show says, you know, Robert, anybody can play music. Then you're just a DJ. You have this amazing connection and portfolio of people that you know. Get those people on the show and do interviews with them. And I thought, okay, we need to do that. So one thing led to another after Bobby Rahal, like I said, Brian Redmond, you know, Dave, uh, Dave Despain from uh, Wind Tunnel, uh, Dave from Two Guys Garage, Bob Barsha, Stacey David, all these And I have built relationships with all these people. That's the beauty of it. You know, I know these people. I have their contact information. So the show's about interviewing these people. The interviews are generally 30 minutes long, uninterrupted, no call-ins. The first 20 minutes of the show, I play some cool music. I kind of rehash some dialogue. Uh, or I, I talk about, you know, car shows, events, places I go, things to do, and, and things like that. And uh, so the show is every week. It's live, aired in uh, Clearwater, Florida, on the Tan Talk Radio Network. That's T-A-N-T-A-L-K Radio Network out of Clearwater, Florida. There's a podcast. If you go to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, all the shows are archived and podcasted. There's a link on my website, which is GulfstreamMotorsports.com. And I would love to have everybody tune in and listen to the show live. If you can't listen to the show live, it is streamed live on the internet. Then be sure and check the uh, the website and listen to the podcast. Cool. Very cool. Well, listen, I'll make sure I put links to all those on Robert's show notes page here so you can find him. Man, you've had some awesome guests. I'm very envious because some of those names I've not been able to get onto cars. Yeah, here. Maybe you can help me someday. But uh, I'm looking forward to the time that I get to be a guest on your show. I'd be very honored. That'll be a lot of fun. So, uh, Cars Yeah listeners, follow me on Facebook, and when that day comes, I'll make sure that I tell you guys when that's going to happen. So here's a very introspective question for you, Robert. If you were a vehicle, what would you be and why? Well, I would love to say an AC Cobra, but that's an answer to another question. But let me just use a Lamborghini, a 1965 Lamborghini 350 GT, and I'll tell you why. When I was a little kid, my parents, my dad was European. So when my grandmother passed away, we went to Europe for the funeral, sadly. But then my dad got this bright idea. He said, you know, I think the kids would really enjoy an experience living here and going to school here. So just like that, in 1965, June of 65, my dad decided to stay in Europe for one year. Well, this, so I assimilated in the schools. I learned the language. I became one of them. When you drive around, obviously on your bicycle, you see a lot of cars and a lot of European cars. And I became very attracted to those cars. One car, when we went, uh, we were on vacation in Italy, that just absolutely intrigued the living daylights out of me was the 1965 Lamborghini 350 GT. It was unique, which is kind of like, I'm kind of unique in what I do career-wise. The car was very kind of like, let's just say, it had just a really professional look and a professional attitude, a good attitude about it, the way the car looked. The thing that caught my eye was these giant headlights. They're actually man, if you're familiar with man, the truck company, they had these oval headlights on the European cars. In the United States, they had two single round ones, you know, the seven inch ones or five inch ones. But in Europe, they had just giant ovals. Okay. The car is very unique. It's limited in its, in its exposure. I mean, the availability. I'm kind of limited in what I do. So there's similarities between the car. It's high performance. I consider myself good at what I do. So that's performance oriented. I try to be the best that I can. And I don't know if I'm making any sense. Am I kind of answering the question kind of the way you want it? <laughs> I think so. Okay. Yeah, it's a fun question. It's a fun question for sure. And of course, that car, yeah, that was one of the early sports cars that Lamborghini produced. Uh, very unique car. But yeah, those headlights are what made that car so different. 
those oval headlights that kind of popped up out of the hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very, very interesting. Um, I think it had a, uh, a detuned Bitsarini engine in it, if I remember right. The engine was designed, I think Bitsarini worked for Lamborghini at one point in time, but it was actually a, and it was a drawing that he was working on. And yeah, but it's funny, if you talk to Lamborghini guys, Lamborghini guys will tell you that they're actually better than Ferraris, more dependable, and they were. And that's how the whole Lamborghini came to fruition, because of the fight between Ferruccio and Enzo Ferrari. But the Lamborghini 350 GT is also so relevant to me because it is actually the car that I use as a logo on my business card and on my T-shirts. So that's a very important car to me. (laughs) Obviously. Very, very cool. Well, Robert, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, this is Mark Green. You know, I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school. That was way back in 1975. This month, I'm offering you, as a Cars Yow listener, a very special deal. Starting April 16th, 2018, through April 30th, 2018, you'll receive 10% off all NOAA Fabric custom car covers and 10% off all Wolf ready-fit semi-custom covers. Simply use the code CARSYOW upon checkout at Covercraft.com. NOAA is the most popular outdoor fabric specially made by Kimberly Clark to protect your special vehicle. It provides maximum protection from the harmful UV rays of the sun, rain, dust, those nasty bird droppings, snow, dings, and it's breathable, and it's very soft on your paint. Wolf ready-fit semi-custom covers are an economical option and provide indoor and outdoor protection for your special car. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me later, and your car will thank me too. That's Covercraft.com, and be sure to use the code CARSYEAH at checkout. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Robert, we're back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners a very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Wow, that's a, that's a pretty broad question there. Is, uh, <laughs> you know, what I always tell people to do is buy the car that puts a smile on your face, no matter what it is. As long as you can afford it, as long as you can drive it, as long as the car puts a smile on your face. So basically, I have cars that put a smile on my face. You have cars that put a smile on your face. And I hope listeners get cars that put smiles on their faces. Perfect. Perfect advice. 
Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Research. Research and make sure that I get up early in the mornings. I have my cup of coffee. I'm immediately, first thing I do is I kind of plan out my day. and I know exactly what I'm going to do, and then it's research. But I also taking account, too, that sometimes your days don't always go as planned, so you have to be flexible as well. But research, do your homework, and under-promise, over-deliver. That's probably the best advice I can give anybody. How about resources? There are so many great resources these days. Is there one you'd like to share with the Carsey audience? Well, resources, I mean, it, it kind of varies on what you're doing, but if you're talking about for entertainment or a place that I like to go to kind of hang out and watch what's going on and read up on stuff, and I'm sure you're well, fair, well aware of Bring a Trailer, that. Yep. I love, uh, that's probably, I, I have told more people in Florida about that. Now, Brandon, it's up your way. It's pretty much in Northern California, Northeast, and our Northwest, rather, you know, Oregon and Washington, Idaho, Nevada, parts of Texas. But it's just amazing some of the cars that show up there. I love reading the stories. I love reading the comments. I love the cars that show up there, even the stuff that get auctions off, you know, get auctioned off from time to time. And another resource that I use a lot is I use Sports Car Market and American Car Collector. And, uh, and I think they've got some really, really good information in there. And I'm personal friends with Keith Martin, and, and I, I put a lot of credence in the, in, into what he does. So I love BAT, Brat, Brand Trailer, and I love Sports Car Market and their uh, American Car Collector. And Hemmings. Don't forget Hemmings. Yeah, them too. Well, Randy Nannenberg has been a guest here, one of the co-founders of Bring a Trailer. And I always complain to him. I'm like, God, you send me this every day, these emails with these auctions, all these cool cars I want to buy. I can't buy them all. Uh, but yeah, Bring a Trailer is awesome. Obviously, Keith Martin, known him for decades and uh, his fantastic magazines. I think he's got one of my most favorite magazines with uh, Sports Car Market. So most definitely great resources. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? You know, I, I thought about that question. There's a lot of people out there, but I tell you somebody would be kind of cool just to hang out with, and that would be Steve McQueen. And I'll tell you why. And I know Chad as well, and he, and he's and I've done an interview with Chad. But Steve, because I'm in the dirt bikes, I'm in the cars, I'm in the racing because I do some vintage racing, club racing, and stuff. But I just think that Steve McQueen, if you're hanging out with him in Southern California, and he said, "Hey, let's go, let's go up into the hills and drive around for a little bit," or if he said, "Hey, let's hop our dirt bike, let's go here, let's do this." He just seems like the kind of guy that if you're into what he's into, he's flexible, and he was to say, let's just go for it, and all bets are on, and I just think it would be a blast. I really do. I think he would be sane. I think it would be cool. I think it would be fun, and because of the, the like mindset, I think it would be a, that, that would probably be one guy I'd like to have a beer with and go hang out. No doubt. No doubt. And you know what? Guess who was my guest yesterday on Cars? Yeah. Chad McQueen. No kidding. Chad McQueen. Yep. Yep. Wow. So, uh... Yeah, he's been on the show once before, and he was on yesterday. So uh, if any of you folks listening missed that show, go back and to the uh, website at Cars Yeah, and you can listen to my talk. Yeah, we were talking and promoting about the uh, the Boys Republic School, where his father went to school when he was sent by a judge after being kind of a petty theft on the streets of L.A. when he was pretty much abandoned by his mom. And uh, now, for the last 10 years, Chad and Ron Harris, who's been a guest on the show, and all the great team that put on a wonderful car show there the friends of steve mcqueen car show which is june 2nd yeah i had him back on the show to talk about a car show and the great things they've raised millions of dollars for that school it helps wayward kids teenagers uh to really become stable citizens it's one of those great places and great organizations that uses cars to promote the good health of our young people in our country which is so important well how about a book is there a book that you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy well there's one that i'm reading right now 
And you've had the author on your show, I believe, and it's the book is called Day One. It was written by Martin Shore. And Martin Shore, as you know, was yep. used to work for yep. a number of Corvette magazines and stuff like that. And I'm in the process of reading that because Martin stipulated the only way you're going to get me on my sh- on your show as a guest, you have to read the book so we can talk about the book. So I am compelled to read that book. But because it's about muscle cars and hot rods and all the cool cars out of the 60s and early 70s, you got to read that book because we can all identify with it. Yeah, I love Martin. He's been a guest on my show twice now, and I did have him on not too long ago. He was like, nine, guess, 983 back in uh, March. And uh, actually, I gave away a copy of that book. So there's another hint, a little trick for you. If you want him on your yeah. show, you can talk to the publishers and do a book giveaway. I've given away hundreds of books from my past authors. But really? yeah, Martin's done a great job, and I love that book. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he asked me to do the same thing. I had a great time. You're going to love when you get done with that book. It's, it's fantastic. A uh, wonderful story through uh, his life with muscle cars and sports cars and all that kind of stuff. So very nice. Nice shout out to Martin. On a, on a side note, I just wanted to say that the guys from uh, Bring a Trailer, this weekend in Road Atlanta is the Walter Mitty of an Inch Race by HSR. And the, the Bring a Trailer crowd are driving two cars from San Francisco to rendezvous with the HSR crowd in uh, at the Walter Mitty and uh, the Vintage Races this weekend at Road Atlanta. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Robert... Well, I'll remind our listeners that you can find all these great resources that Robert has shared on his Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Robert Malky or Robert M, and you'll find his page right there with all these cool links. All right, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question, well, it can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to make you get rid of all your collector cars. Yep, you got rid of all of them, and oh. you can only have one in your garage. But here's the, the great thing about this. I'm going to buy you that one car, so it doesn't matter what it costs. Don't worry about that. And if you're worried about the cost of insurance, I'll cover that, too. I'll call my friend McKeel Haggerty, and we'll get you covered. <laughs> so so what is that car going to be and why? Listen, I'll tell you what. There's one car that I've always wanted that has always eluded me. I've always had an opportunity to buy. I always said I'll find it cheaper. I started chasing those cars in the Road Track magazine in the early 70s, and that is a 65 or 66, or there was a few that slipped through, 67, Shelby Cobra AC 427 SC. So I want the comp, and that is it. And I know that that sounds so cliche, but that is the one car that if I had no other car, I would be totally content with it. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding at all. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's see. McKeel's smiling because he's going to love to write that insurance policy for you. And uh, my banker's cringing because he's like, you're giving away another car, Mark? You can't afford to keep doing this. Uh, and that's a pricey baby. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be. Well, OK, as long as we're playing fantasy world here, what color would you like just so that I can get you the right car? Well, I'm I'm kind of conservative. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of blue ones, a lot of black ones, but I like a green one because I like green. Green's one of my dark green, kind of like, uh, you know, Highland Green, as in the bullet car that was at Amelia Island oh, this weekend. Oh, so yeah. Green. Yeah. I want a green. With no stripes, just clean yeah. green. Clean green. There you go. Well, I'll get to work on, on that for you. And uh, hopefully I'll find it somewhere on the West Coast and I can drive it across the country. And uh, that would be pretty cool. Well, Robert, you have taken us on an awesome ride today. I knew you would, and I want to thank you for sharing your stories and sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah audience. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 6566 Shelby AC 427 comp car? In green, of course. 
Ingram for us. Well, I'll tell you what. First off, I want to thank you very much for having me on the show. I truly enjoyed it, and I definitely look forward to having you on my show as well. And cool. again, you know, I cannot overemphasize, follow your passion, follow your passion, under-promise, over-deliver, and buy whatever car that you like that puts a smile on your face and enjoy it to the fullest. And everybody, let's just keep the car hobby alive and well and promote it as much as we can because we are a community. We are a family. Absolutely, absolutely. And introduce a kid to the car hobby. If you get a chance to take a neighbor kid, maybe his parents aren't into cars, offer to take a neighborhood kid to a Cars and Coffee or a car show or a museum or something like that. Uh, you may just start a spark like the one that was started in Robert and I when we were little kids in California. What's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and learn more about you and everything that you do? Well, for one, you can go to my website, which is GolfstreamMotorsports.com. It has all the information about me. There's a uh, contact page. There's an About Me page. And there's a podcast page. So if you want to tune in and listen to our radio show, every week on the Tantalk Radio Network, which is Nostalgic Radio and Cars. You can do that as well. Or if you can't tune into the show, you can definitely check out the uh, podcast page. Also, I have a Facebook page, which is Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I have uh, Gulfstream Motorsports, which is the other Facebook page. And then we are on Twitter, and it is at NRC on air, at NRC on air. So uh, feel free to contact me anytime. Please tune into the radio show. And again, Mark, I want to thank you very much for having me on your show this afternoon. Hey, the pleasure was all mine. It was great to talk with you, Robert. And listeners, again, you can find links to everything Robert has shared on his show notes page. Just go to carsyad.com, type in Robert Malky, M-A-L-K-E. That's how you spell that last name. And you will find all these links. I would encourage you to check out what Robert's doing. It's wonderful, spectacular. You can have a lot of fun, just like you have fun here on Cars Yeah. Well worth the trip. Thanks, Robert, for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Super. Thank you very much. Take care. Have a good afternoon. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified. And he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPIC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!